16 minutes before 8 p.m. It's our headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. And, uh, of course, earlier on today, uh, we uh, got some uh, progress on some of the work underway to professionalize the public service, uh, a professionalization framework uh, um, introduced to ensure that only qualified and competent individuals are appointed into uh, positions of authority. Um, and, uh, yeah, involves quite a lot. Um, tightening of pre-entry requirements, workplace induction, effective performance management, uh, you know, uh, a return to a public sector simulator, and I assume the National School of Government might play this role, and encouraging public sector officials to sign up with professional bodies. Uh, but also, I guess, having a framework to manage uh, pathways not only into the public service, but of course career progression and many other elements. Uh, and also, I guess, how this uh, plays itself out in sector departments at multiple levels, national and provincial, and also uh, how it plays itself out in state-owned entities and in local authorities. Joined on the line to talk about this uh, this evening by the uh, Public Service uh, Commissioner or Chairperson of the Public Service Commission, Professor Somato Tafigeni is my guest. Good evening. Welcome. Uh, good evening, Professor, and uh, thank you for inviting me and uh, good evening to your listeners. Thank you very much, uh, uh, I guess, for taking time out to speak to us. And uh, this is a very interesting topic because I think for many years, uh, often many people have said, yeah, South Africa suffers from weak outcomes in service delivery and governance uh, because we don't have a school of government like in India or you don't have a school of government like in many other places in the world and uh, a very stringent um, entry system or a very difficult pre-entry framework and you end up getting all the people who you know, go into government, going there as a grudge or going there because they can't go anywhere else. Um, and uh, maybe just give us some of the background to the, to some of this work around professionalization of the public service. Where does it come from and what does it look to achieve? Well, there are many sources of it. Uh, I guess the most important is Chapter 10 of our Constitution. Mm where the framers were talking about the importance of having an ethical, capable developmental state, which embraces certain constitutional values and principles, especially the public service. It then reappears in the Professor Kadar Smiles report reviewing government, where he talked of the need for professionalization of public service and mm. building state capacity. It then reappears in the National Development Plan, Chapter 13, to say every other thing we wish for in that plan can only be realized if state capacity is built and that state has a particular ethos or orientation in terms Mm -hmm. of values and principles. It reappears in the Public Service Commission's own report on professionalization of public service. And then I think what became a critical factor on of late is the realization of how weakened the state has been without being professionalized to a point where patronage networks mm. made it possible to have corruption, made it possible not to have maintenance plans for roads, for ESCOMs of this world, water pumps and so on made it possible for service delivery to be so poor and implementation of policies not to be there, made it possible for our response to disasters 
to be disastrous itself mm. in some instances because of this capacity. So at that moment, government put as one of its primary priorities the building of an ethical developmental state as one primary area of salvaging the country, helping it to recover. Mm, mm. And of course, there are, there are many elements to it. Um, and I want us maybe to start, I guess, uh, maybe sequentially, in so far as how people get into the public service. Uh, you're suggesting a few things here in so far as recruiting, selection, screening, and pre-entry. Um, when we talk about those things, in essence, what exactly are we talking about? Well, what we are talking about is being deliberate before you even enter the public service to set certain filters so that people who get recruited Mm. are people who are fit for purpose. Even before then, we're talking to the training institutions such as your universities to say what is it that ought to be done and what is it that was not being done and why people who claim to have MBAs from our business schools, government schools, are the ones who seem to have been disproportionately represented at the Zondo Commission, mm-hmm. where a person is technically sound, yeah. but ethically flawed. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the very difficult issues that we have to look at the whole ecosystem before even people are selected, up to the selection point. Hence, the selection point is emphasizing bringing experts to assist in the panel of interviewees rather than simply leaving it to the political heads to do it. Because if you want a person who will be a DDG, let's say for a particular section of IT within the Department of Communication, it cannot be that people around the table a person who is there merely because he's a minister or is a DG from another department, but there ought to be people drawn from that sector mm. to guide the process. Mm, mm. Now, now, maybe before I ask my question, let's take a brief break because I can see we've got uh, uh, ad break sneaking up on us. So let's take the break and uh, when we come back, uh, big question mark is what do people do once they are in the public service? Um, I think the, this framework speaks about uh, getting people back into a simulator. There are many people in government who've worked there for many years, uh, but also the world has changed during that period. Um, how do we embed refresher courses um, and also encourage this idea of continuous learning? And we'll continue on that score after this. Eight minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned into our headline segment here on Metro FM Talk. And tonight uh, in our headlines, we speak about uh, the new framework uh, which has uh, been uh, released around professionalizing the public service. And I'm joined by uh, Chairperson of the Public Service Commission, Professor Somato Tafigeni. And uh, Prof, before we went to the break, I guess we were talking about recruiting, screening, selection, pre-entry. Uh, but... Um, once people are in the public service, uh, there's often, I guess, a perception out there and a narrative that, you know, um, much like there's very little consequence management, there's also very little performance management uh, within the state. W- what is this new framework going to do insofar as that is concerned? It is very deliberate in making sure that the whole ecosystem of public service works and works well. Because the whole performance management is going to be a lot more stricter. There will be a new framework for that. 
the whole consequence management, even the one-off in-service training, one-off deep immersion in terms of induction, no longer that one-day induction, mm. you meet for two hours, you are told there are these seven documents and so forth. It ought to be a lot more intense to make sure that a person understands what their role is. And mm. this is not going to be just public servants limited to the one category that you know, from local government to provincial to national, from the judiciary to legislature and to the executive arms of government. That is what is going to happen. And that also goes with assessing the current stuff that is there to say, are the skills fit for purpose? What capacity building programs are needed? So all those will be taking place to ensure that people are capacitated, people are reoriented for high-performing meritocratic system, which very often will have managed the long-standing challenge of political administrative interface, mm. which when it was not well managed, sometimes unlawful instructions were coming in, yeah. Sometimes you had a lot of tension between the two. Prof, the, the other element uh, to your point there of, uh, I guess, uh, some of the political pressure that has been seen. I mean, if, if we take a look at SOCs, a big part of what has come out of the Zondo Commission is not only just about what people actively did and committed, but also, I guess, acts of omission in oversight um, and primary place for where some of that oversight is expected to happen is within the bureaucracies and sector departments. Um, um, And yet we see massive issues, director generals acting, deputy director generals acting. Uh, You know, somebody once said, Hollywood, because Wongum Dundiabonba is acting. Now, I'm quite interested in what this new framework and, of course, some of the other, uh, you know, issues around the condition of employment of DGs and heads of departments uh, will say within this framework. How do we deal with that? Um, and uh, it seems this discontinuity, I mean, and then there's already somebody else. Um, and it seems there's no real, uh, I guess, relay or form of embedding some of that institutional memory in many of these institutions. One of the most important aspects of this uh, approved framework of professionalization is the longevity of uh, DG because it became very clear that many countries which are stable, DGs are either permanent or have a longer tenure of office. Mm. In our case, there was a mistake of tying the five years of an administration with a five years contract for the DG, which meant that each time you had changes, you'd end up having a high turnover of DGs. Of course, it didn't help not to have a good system of recruitment of DGs on professional basis, mm. that in a space where it was suspected at times that competence was overlooked but loyalty was there, it stands to reason when you have nine cabinet reshuffles, you are going to have nine instabilities. As one minister goes to a particular department, they will think that this person is here deployed by the previous person, the predecessor. So they'll find every reason to make sure that this is not, uh, you know, the person is removed. So
So in dealing with this, this professionalization document is now 10 years contract for a DG. But that has exit clause should the person not be performing. Working on an assumption that you have a good performance management system, Mm. consequence management system, and so forth. So that 10 years is not guaranteed if the person is not performing. Mm. And uh, the second aspect is to make sure that you have professionalized the appointment of that person such that anyone who comes in, they understand this person is non-partisan, is non-factional, doesn't belong to so-and-so, but is here because of their professional competence and attributes. Mm. Mm. So that is what we're hoping will go a long way to help stabilize the leadership at that level. Yeah. Last one on my end, Prof, before we let you go, this idea of continuous learning, Nitadang is a simulator, um, and, uh, you know, it's something that I guess, you know, principal of the National School of Government, Busan uh, Nawen, he speaks about a lot. But you're also saying that if you are in the public service, you're an engineer, you're a supply chain professional, you're an HR professional, you're a, a legal advisor, uh, you should be in the good books of some of the professional bodies that govern not just your conduct, uh, but uh, are able to assess professional competency from time to time. Talk to us about that, just as we wrap up. Certainly, you do need to be current about development in your field, but also have a professional body. That can actually take action should you do something unethical. Mm. It is the case with the lawyers. It is the case with the accountants, with the medical doctors, health professionals. And yet, in the public sector, you find that a person doesn't belong to any professional body and the only thing they are going to look at is the department taking an action against them so this becomes a deterrent because you belong to a community of professionals Mm, mm. prof we'll have to leave it here for tonight uh, and that uh, you took the chance to speak to us and uh, thank you very much